0: Welcome to the Sheffield Digital Podcast. I'm Ian Broom, Community Manager for Sheffield Digital, and I'm joined by directors Mal Kellarek and Chris Diamond. Our guest this episode is Rachel Furler, who's joining us from Google Digital Garage, who recently announced plans to stay in Sheffield until April. You can subscribe to the Sheffield Digital Podcast via iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or any podcast player you fancy. For more information, head to sheffield.digital slash podcast. Welcome everyone. Hello. Hi. Um, so we have various other things that we are going to talk about uh, in this episode too. We're going to talk about the next meta meetup and talk a little bit about the first meta meetup, which is the meetup for meetup organisers. Got through that. Um, we're going to recap on the digital fly which took place uh, a couple of weeks ago. Now uh, was it last week?
1: Last week, last, last week. Thursday, yeah. Well, last week when we're recording, but it might be oh. a couple of weeks ago by the time it goes live.
2: <sighs> <sighs> We've done this clever, cleverly he's done this hasn't he yeah. <laughs> get Just it in to time trip you up um
0: and uh, and we'll talk about some upcoming events too like we normally do but first um we're going to chat to uh, to Rachel and um i guess the first thing uh uh we should say apart from welcome
3: hi thank you
0: <laughs> thank you for joining us um and uh, and, and yes you're a, a Sheffield digital member
3: I am, yes. Um, I've been a Sheffield digital member for around 12 months, maybe slightly longer than that, actually. And, uh, prior to working for Google in the digital garage, I was working as a digital coach, actually still in Sheffield. So I am, I'm not an, a native Sheffielder. I've been here since 2000, but, uh, I, Definitely regard myself as a Sheffielder. Yeah,
0: I'm never quite sure when the cutoff point is. I, I literally had this conversation <laughs> this morning. Someone said, "Where are you from?" And I started saying, "Oh, just a little village, like about an hour the other side of Chesterfield." And I thought, "Well, I have been here for nearly 18 years. So, like, at what point do you come from somewhere? Yeah,
3: at what point do you become, you know, a native? Um, I'd say probably a Sheffield native now, to be honest.
0: Thank you. That feels better. <laughs> um, and and so how did you get involved with the uh, with uh, google and and what was the sort of process
3: we were uh, contacted through linkedin actually um received a message from from somebody um directly through through linkedin and got into their process following that of um a series of telephone interviews we then did an assessment center day which we did down at workstation and uh, from that we have our current Sheffield crew. Uh, but we're just about to bring in some new coaches as well. So that will be really super exciting. Looking forward to that.
0: Cool. And uh, it's probably worth just having a recap on what, what the garage is, actually. Just as, assuming that everyone knows. Um, can you just give us the, the overall gist of... of the skinny.
3: On the, give on us the on skinny. The, the, the Sheffield Digital Garage. So Sheffield Digital Garage is the first Google high street presence with, uh, with training in the country. So, uh, that's like, yes, go Sheffields. And I'm absolutely, um, so pleased that it came here. I think there's a really good, um, market for the free training that we offer. And there's a real big need for it in the area. So we train on all sorts of technical skills so we'll have somebody bring a mobile phone in that they're stuck with we'll have somebody bring in you know um, this morning I had a lady who came in with a virus scanner that she'd bought on a disc that had cost her a lot of money and she was very worried about installing that onto her machine so we do one-to-ones on all sorts of technology we also run a lot of marketing so about two-thirds of our staff, are marketing background or agency background, digital agency. So we've got some really, really um, strong skills in those areas. So out of all of the different trainings that we've got with the social media for work, um, digital analytics is also another really strong skill area. Um, Those courses are really popular. So Google Analytics has been really popular. Building a digital media plan and Adwords is always a good one. People seem to like a lot of support with Adwords, so that one goes down really well.
0: We um I was chatting to um a digital pal. it was a real pal, flesh and bones. <laughs> but um he uh, uh he was saying that uh he walked past and or has frequently walked past the garage and because he's already uh, you know a, a tech person so to speak that he kind of felt a bit like he couldn't commend is that something that's happened a lot i know that he could but it's that sense of like um, who it's for and, and 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 if so what could like uh the likes of uh him and and me perhaps what could what could we do to help what could we do to I what think can we offer
3: i would say that the garage is for everyone really and having gone in there as a digital coach and that technical skill Um, background. I've learned so much just from my colleagues. Um, I think we've all learned from each other and it's been a a fantastic experience from that perspective. We have all sorts of people who will walk up, you see people and they'll come past the door and you see them sort of slow down and they'll read the chalkboard and then they'll speed up. And quite often that's because they're afraid to come in. So if they're entry level, they've not worked uh, on a computer before, then they will um sometimes need a bit of encouragement to come in through the door. But any skill level, you know, come in and just just even come in for a nosy and chat to some of the people who are there. You'll find out a lot more about the backgrounds of the different coaches and you'll be able to have a, a decent chat with somebody about whichever technical skill so anything from web development to podcasting we've got bloggers we've got photographers pro photographers on the team so yeah dive in and get to know what's there
2: I think it's one of the things that we kind of forget that a lot of people in tech businesses know a lot about the tech that's their core business but maybe you know don't automatically know how best to market themselves or how best to use digital tools for their business and you know these these things have got so advanced now; they're continually improved. That's yeah. It's easy to definitely. assume things and not realise what you're missing out on.
3: You could be really good at technology and not so great at marketing. Yeah.
2: You know, I know a lot of people um, like that. A few,
3: a few people like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that, that's it's all there and it's all free, um, and it would be great if people took advantage of that. And we promoted some Sheffield businesses grew some sheffield businesses
0: well i was going to say why sheffield How, how did it come to be in sheffield what was the um
3: there was a report back in 2015 government report looking at the digital skills gap and sheffield came fairly high on the list of areas that had a gap between the skills that recruiters and companies were trying to recruit for and the candidates that they were getting in. So that had, I think, been done through the Chambers of Commerce and they'd done this research. How easy do you find it to recruit people with these skills? And the answer came back, not so easy. So Sheffield was chosen from that perspective. And we've now got another garage open in Birmingham that's opened recently. What sort of age range of people are you getting in? We um, work with everybody from 18 to 100 we have a lady who came in. Uh, she's been in three or four times and she is 100. She came just before and just after her 100th birthday with a an tablet and she wanted to know how to use this tablet. And she had one-to-one mentoring sessions and went out very happy because she could work out how to buy things online. <laughs> her daughter, on the other hand, <laughs> was perhaps not quite so happy uh, because she was thinking, what the heck is my mum going to buy now? She can buy anything. She can get anywhere buy anything so we work with with a lot of older people so probably about a third of our a third of our learners who come in will be in their 60s or 70s and they've maybe not used a computer before at all so that's really exciting to work with someone who comes in very timid very nervous they're really kind of not wanting to even touch the keyboard and by the time they go out they've got you know, they've found out how to get their cricket scores or whatever it is that's their interest. I had a lady come in and she wanted to show me on um she was looking on YouTube for how to bake Chinese cakes. So she then came back around a week later and she brought us cake. And we were like, Hey, <laughs> This so, uh, is so really, really good, and it's really enjoyable watching somebody go out the door with a newfound confidence on and a technical skill that's going to stand them in good stead.
0: I um I've done some digital inclusion stuff, and I was in a uh, like a uh, like a co design workshop recently, and there was a woman I don't know how old she was, but let's say around sixty, maybe something like that. And um, she she was in the non tech; she was like a non techie person, and Yet she was wearing an apple watch, and her entire medical routine like her, her when to take medicines and all that kind of thing was entirely operated by her apple watch. she like ran her entire life with the use of an apple watch, but didn't didn't consider herself techy at all so really the idea of getting into uh tech or using using any kind of tech just through through function I think is really mm-hmm. interesting. It will solve this problem as opposed mm-hmm. to learn an ipad it's like solve this problem with that.
3: I think you're you're absolutely right. I think there can be a gap between people's actual skill and their perception of their skill um, level. I had somebody come in the other day wanting help with um, Google Analytics and she said, oh, well, I'm a, I'm a beginner at this. You know, I've, I've not been doing it very long. I've been doing it about six months and she knew as much as I could teach her really. I was really surprised and I had to say to her, you know, you um, I would not class you as a beginner and I would certainly not probably class you as intermediate user of, of analytics either. You you've done a lot of research and you know, you know, a a lot of detail here on how to use it. So there can be that gap, a perception gap between where somebody thinks their digital skills are and where they actually are.
1: So can you tell us the story behind the digital bus that appeared? Because I understand that's a first as well. It is, it
3: is. uh, It's really good fun working on the bus, sort of being in a a different location all the time. So um, the bus was brought about because we wanted to get out and reach more widely around Sheffield. And we've been to sort of Doncaster, Barnsley. We're going to uh, we've been up at Fox House, um, all over the place at uh, Fox Valley. I mean, sorry. Um, the idea being that we can get to areas where people don't traditionally come into the city centre, which is also, also tend to be the areas where we've got a wider range of digital exclusion. So we're able to go out, speak to people in their local communities, sort of out at, at um, crystal peaks or anywhere like that chat to people it takes them a while to get into the city center from there but once they've been on the bus and they've had a coaching they can then see the value in trekking all the way into town and they then come and, and book and and come and visit us there as well
1: and is the bus going to like go down to birmingham and travel there or is it staying here in sheffield
3: i have only seen the bus timetable for up until um October and it's all in Sheffield Excellent. well Sheffield City region
2: mm-hmm.
3: up until October I don't know where it's going to go after that <laughs> but uh, we'll certainly see what happens.
2: Have you seen quite a a difference you, you, you started in what April was it when it opened so and you originally intended to to close up at the end of October um, and obviously you're staying until next April now at least. I at mean, least I until April yeah,
3: yeah that, um, so we opened obviously without the bus back in back in april um since we brought the bus in we have definitely seen an uptick in the number of users the number of people coming in for mentoring Uh, that has obviously been a massive bonus and because we're now getting good numbers through the store i mean we've got we've got some great case studies we have um we have decided Google have decided to keep the garage open until April which is fantastic and we're now running some new courses our new courses have been in operation since um, the last five weeks so we have a five-week learn to code course and a five-week start your own business course so previously to that we'd only had one-off sessions but now we've got that bit more time we're a bit more relaxed we know that we've got Um, this next six months at least we can run slightly longer courses which is working really well.
2: And are you seeing people coming back to do more advanced courses? Uh,
3: yes. What we tend to find is somebody will come maybe for a taught session. So they'll go in the auditorium and they'll listen and they'll think, actually, this is really good. Or, you know, I can, I can do more with this. Then we'll encourage them look, book a mentoring to implement some of the learning and work with a coach and help them get you started. And then we'll find that they'll maybe come for five or six weeks in a row and they'll come for mentoring, maybe another two or three courses. And then they tend to have launch themselves off into whatever it is they're going to do so we have learners who've been coming in every week pretty much for the last six months or once a fortnight Uh, i have a a gentleman who comes in pretty much every sunday who comes with his mobile phone and he wants me to show him the same few things every time so it's nice to have that kind of continuity and he now knows all of our names and will speak to people individually so yeah
0: is it is it mostly people who are trying to sort of learn the basics and um and do kind of everyday life tasks or is there an element of it where people are trying to get the skills they need to i don't know go and get a job in sheffield or they want to you know start a career in in uh in the sector in any way
3: So I would say that the answer to that depends on the type of course that they've been attracted in by. If they were attracted in by the five-week learn to code then they're probably going to be interested in doing coding as a career software development or going on further down that track and other learners will be coming in for example a lady who came in this morning to do her CV didn't actually want to do the CV? She wanted somebody to do it for her, and so that's we're switching then into a very soft skills gear. So we're working with someone to encourage them to understand what it is that they need to include in their CV, and also encourage them to actually learn how to use the technology themselves, rather than relying on somebody else to update that document for them. So we get both ends of the both ends of the spectrum, and when you're coaching, you can literally switch from one to the other within five minutes and straight on to the next. So our days are completely different. Every day is new and every day is a school day. Every day we'll learn something new from somebody.
0: Do, uh, do you learn a lot about... Um, um, assumptions, do, a lot of, are, are some of your assumptions about what people, how people use things challenged? And I, I've found that whenever I've done anything similar, you kind of think that things are obvious. Uh, you think yeah. that people use yeah. things in a certain way and then you watch someone... I mean, I could talk about my dad for 20 minutes if we want to, but <laughs> you you think things are really simple and straightforward, and then they find problems that you didn't know existed. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Um, absolutely. I mean, even things like the term click, you know, you can say click on that button, and they're looking at the device for a physical button on the outside. Or um watching people use different user interfaces is really interesting, because Different levels of people will look for certain things. So if you're an intermediate user and you'll recognize certain buttons, you'll look for the play icon or you'll look for the pause icon. For example, if you're listening to a podcast and you'll understand what those buttons generally look like, there's kind of a a defined sort of pause button. But if you say to somebody who's not used that user interface before, who's maybe not all that familiar, why don't you press the the pause button? They'll just look at you and say, well, "I have no idea," because none of these actually say the word pause.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's a good sort
2: of uh, it's like a user test, isn't it? Like just mm-hmm. constantly user testing. Quite yeah. a leveler. Yeah. The, um, the press release that you put out or Google put out on Monday—it was in the paper. The extension was in the paper, so that you're getting. Uh, a thousand people a week or you're training a thousand people a week yeah. which is a, a hell of a number um and is surely having a big impact on the city so does it feel like you're training a thousand people a week and is that manic
3: it it, it can be really busy it's, it's better when it's busy because it's as with all of these things you know if you're just sat there and waiting for someone to come in you're kind of like okay, what can I do? I'll tidy up. Now what can can I do? Um, But then when it gets busy, it's it's fantastic. It's great to have, for example, on the Start Your Own Business course, the third and fourth cohorts, which are going through now, have, um, I think, 15 and 12 people on them, respectively, which is a really nice course size. Particularly when it's new business owners, they're just starting up and they've got other people in that cohort with them that they're Mm. going through the same experience. Yeah. So it's nice to have a group of people in the room.
2: Yeah, they can bond and yeah, work yeah, together yeah. in the future as well.
3: Gets quite warm in our auditorium when <laughs> we've got more than about 30 people, as I'm sure you've probably experienced. But it's yeah. really totally different energy when you've got a big crowd in the room as well. And on the flip side of that, if we've only got a few people, it means you can really tailor stuff. So again, that's, that's really enjoyable, fun to deliver
2: as well. So how's, how's Google measuring the impact of the garage on the city?
3: We're Um, mostly measuring through case studies at the moment. Um, We measure obviously feedback that we get on feedback cards and on via um, Google My Business. So if people leave us a review on Google and that we get some metrics from, but mostly it's, it's done on case studies because it's quite a hard thing to measure how much somebody learnt unless they take a a test or an exam at the end of that.
2: I guess I'm I'm more interested in the economic and social impact on the city as a whole, because the impact that a thousand new trainees a week can have Mm. on just the economic development of the city could be quite significant, measurable.
1: So I guess if you've got case studies of people who are saying, you know, I came along to this training and now I have got this job, that's... You know a, a big well, tick it, in the box, and that says economic impact at lots of levels from that it's, it's that? the kind
2: of thing that if you're if you're funded with public money, you have to measure that stuff mm. you have to measure your business starts and your you know your your job you know security and all of these or jobs Mm. saved and all All the return on investment all of the all of that stuff for the funders so every time there's a you know european or 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 national money goes into a a economic development project like this you're kind of tied down with having to measure all of that stuff but of course google isn't because they have a different motivation
3: not in the same way yeah. yeah and the motivation as well as sort of aiming to close up the the digital skills gap a bit is to enable people to use technology to their advantage so those stories are what we're looking for in Mm. terms of somebody comes in they have that training and how does that impact their life you know what do they then go on to do Mm. do they then go on to become for example a digital champion within their family or within their community and support other people
2: so so how long are you going to be uh you know trying to join up what's where people have got to do you think I mean, you know, because because you could you I'm could you could see you can you can see their journey. You know, you can, I'm not saying you should do a longitudinal study or what researchers call a longitudinal study um, of of checking in with people um, over uh, many many years to see what the ultimate yeah, impact. I been.
3: wonder how long they will uh, yeah. keep in touch with with people. So uh, obviously, somebody who comes in once for some assistance with a device and then doesn't come back in, how how far do you go down tracking? you know that that person but i know that we are sending out some email studies to ask people you know that uh-huh. came in earlier in the the garage's existence yeah. to find out how they've got on but i don't i'm yeah, not involved good. in sending those out so i sure cool. that'll be interesting
0: before we uh we wrap up we we noticed this morning the women in tech events which yeah sounds great um can you tell us a bit more how that came, about how that came about? And
3: <laughs> uh, I, unfortunately, I've not really been involved in that uh, overly much. I can tell you that details of that are on our websites, and including the the date and some more information on the event. And also, the tickets are available via Eventbrite. But unfortunately, I don't know the date for that one. So
0: <laughs> we can find we'll find that out in situ and in uh, our yes. uh, show notes somewhere.
3: Grab grab me some info off the website. <laughs>
1: Right. So it's uh, the Google Garage on Friday, the 6th of October from 5 until 8 p.m. Um, there are a range of different speakers who will be talking about, I understand, different aspects of women in tech. Um, I'm absolutely thrilled to see this happening, by the way. So big up. Um, we need more visibility around the issue in the city and we need more people getting together to talk about it so we can figure out what it is we're going to do um so even though it's on a friday evening i'm going to be there a bunch of other women i've been in touch with today have said they're going to be there fabulous and i would encourage anybody if this podcast gets out before the 6th um to come along and obviously not just women so everybody should come along because Absolutely. the issue of getting women into tech is an issue for all of us mm-hmm. and an issue for the industry definitely mm-hmm. but it's really really great to see it happening um next time you've got stuff going on let us know so we, we will, can we will publicize yeah. it sooner
3: fabulous yeah i mean there's a massive um benefit to having more women on in, in technology and at board level and we saw some research the other day that said 51, there's a, a 51% uptick when you, um, in, in profit, uh, in turnover. I think it was turnover. Actually, I need to get this figures right, don't I? Um, <laughs> but basically it can have a massive financial impact on the bottom line for the company to actually have that better balance. So it's well worth focusing on. Mm-hmm
0: fantastic well i mean just um uh, i I went to the metameter which it's the only time i've been actually been oh no i went to the leg up social so i've been twice uh to the garage or garage Chris. if you had a (laughs)
3: feeling. i call
0: it garage
3: (laughs) or a scone
0: call it garage um so uh yeah have only been twice but it really struck me that uh uh, of having like a, a presence on the high street how important that, that is. Really good location as well. I couldn't quite believe where it was when I found out. So that is really, you know, perfect place to be. So it's really good news that you guys are going to be there until April. So we were chuffed to find out.
2: Yeah. And really great to hear a bit more of an insight of what's going on there. So thanks very much for coming on the show. You're more than
3: welcome.
0: So early this uh, year, earlier in the summer, uh, we had the first Meta meetup. I want to try and say it again. It's a meetup for people who organize meetups that's right um and we had a really good turnout there's lots of people from lots of different events that came along mm-hmm. um and we've just published a post on the sheffield digital site which i will put a link to in the show notes um talking about uh, some of the outcomes from uh, the events but also more importantly what we're going to do next what we're going to do for the next one so chris
2: yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we, we did the first meta meetup back in the beginning of July. Um, uh, as you say, for an event for people who run meetups, a meetup for people who run meetups. Um, and we got got really great turnout. Um, there's over 40 people there who organize events, um, many of whom had never met before. Um, and, and it was an opportunity to, um, to, to meet and talk to each other and talk to each other about how to run events and what works and what doesn't work. Um, and then we spent most of the, of the meetup, um, going from event to event and, um, finding out, um, how they, re- how they operate and, and where their biggest challenges are. So, you know, do they have challenges finding venues? Uh, do, would they like help getting more people to go to the event? Um, you know, whatever. Um, and, uh, we set up a um, a database in Airtable that we shared with with everyone, um shared through the Meetup channel on our Slack. Um, and it's it's uh, you know the database can be populated by anybody who runs an event to um, to put details in. So so the the event in July was um, was uh, uh, yeah it was it was really good to get everybody to meet, but we spent the majority of it um, entering information into a into a database. Um, which is really useful, and it, it's been. I've been. It's been sitting on my list of things to do to write up that event and to, and to figure out what to do with all of that data. Um, and uh, we we've, we've spoken to Google a few times, um, and they've said, "We, you know, when are you doing another one?" Because it was really good, and we want to support you more. Um, so the so Google have offered you know to support us to do another one, um, and you know we. Uh, we started looking um, at how we can get data from the Airtable into the website so there's a there's a plugin called Airpress that will take data from an Airtable database and uh, and you know publish it. In a WordPress site uh, and so we've been playing around with that if anyone wants to help us play around with that especially style up the 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 cards the content cards that we can create from it um, we'd really like to hear from you because um, I think it would be a really worthwhile thing to do so we could we could use the the database to to power a, a directory of meetups on the website, and obviously we can filter it so only show ones that are currently active. Um, but it would also allow the meetup organisers to have control over their content and be able to tweak their descriptions and and add information to them. Um, obviously, I mean, we might need to. We're kind of, you know, we're we're requiring the goodwill of people not to abuse it because, um, you know, anyone, you know. Obviously, there's a security issue, and people couldn't, like, you know, name their event. Johnny drop tables and all that kind of stuff, um, or just be abusive. I guess. Um, so. yeah. <laughs> um, or just be, or, or just you know, so that there, there is, there is kind of some issues around that um, that we probably need to consider. But, um, but it would be nice to solve them, and it would be nice to have a, a, a crowd sourced information repository for meetups and be it, able to promote them more. It's something we get asked for as well, all the time. Yeah. yeah we do and and i think you know it's part part of our mission is to support the meetups that exist in the city and to and where there are you know where are there where there are people who want to do new meetups around particular topics to help them get those things off the ground and you know we can do a lot to promote them um and make it easier for people to 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 get you know to get things off the ground so we want to do that more
1: something that people might not realize is that sheffield's actually got a growing reputation for having a really good meetup scene so we got a mention for it in the technician report and certainly it's one of the things that when companies are looking at whether they come and set up here it's one of the things they notice and they find really impressive um the other thing i'd really love to see is how we connect meetups with the student community more so that we're encouraging students to come along to meetups as well mm-hmm. because it's great learning for them but it's also a great opportunity for us to scope out the next wave of talent and start to build those relationships yeah, yeah. which is and retain really them valuable city, yeah. yeah
2: so so yeah there are other kind of there are strategic reasons i guess economically to support meetups um,
0: uh, and we're going to do that with the next meta meter yeah Yes, but it's not going to be the kind of the the database is there. Yes. So, what are we going to do next time?
2: Um, So, so we've scheduled the next one for the twenty third of October, um, Monday the twenty third, at Google Garage from five thirty um and uh i'm going to send invitations out next week and get you know it's lit i've literally just done it yesterday we put the post up um and get the event right sorted and everything um so yeah yesterday when this is being recorded so it'll probably already be out when the podcast goes out i'll put it in the show notes yep okay um Uh, And yeah, so in in terms of what we're going to do at the next meta meetup, um, apart from the meeting and the networking and the chatting and and all that kind of stuff, which is still going to happen, um, we're going to um, discuss uh, things that are important to people who run meetups. And so the suggestions that we've got so far are, how do we capture content? So you go to all this effort of of organizing something and getting people to speak, um, you know, what? How do people go about capturing what happened for people who weren't there and to attract more people in? Um, you know, do you, do you video the talks? How do you video them? You know, how do you edit them? Where do you put them? You know, what kind of things do you write up? Is it just a, a report of what happened or, you know, do you, do people try and, um, you know, go a bit more into detail of some of the points that were raised? You know, how much time does it take? How much time is appropriate? How much time should you kind of, uh, expect to spend writing up uh, an event of different sizes all that kind of stuff so I think I think we'll do a session about that um and I th- you know the, there's a few other suggestions in the in the blog post but it'll be it'll be that kind of thing so I recommend people read the blog post um we've, I've also posted some of the things that came out of the first one in terms of what specific events are looking for um so we'll probably have a little kind of session about some of those needs um but, yeah, hopefully, it, um, you know, it'll be, it'll be content that's relevant to people who run meetups. So I'd like suggestions from the meetup organizers. Um, or, so, or
0: who want to run one.
2: Or who run, want to run one, yeah. Yeah, so, so who we get to speak and, and what people want to speak about or whether, whether we want to, you know, to host a sort of open discussion about these things, we'll have to work out.
0: Fantastic. Well,
2: the 23rd of October? Yeah, Monday, 23rd.
0: Okay, great. So, as we record uh, the digital conf lab, which we've talked about in previous episodes, I think mm-hmm. every episode we've had so far, we've referred to it in somewhere. <laughs> every or episode there. from the second one, at it's least. It's yeah. big. And um, <laughs> if we had. It's over. <laughs> we had, uh, we, of course, we have Mark uh, Gannon from Sheffield City Council on episode yeah. two um so now that that's happened can you tell yes. us a bit about how it went and um and uh, i guess the response
2: yeah so so I, I mean i think it went really well we had a, we had a really good turnout over the, um 6 year people came um it was a it was a really nice event it was you know the food and drink and chats were you know at usual high standards. um Mark gave a, uh, a talk about the digital coalition and the plans for um, bringing communities together around the the impact of digital and digital development across lots of different domains that are important to the city. Economic ones, um, you know, things to do with how, you know, the way that people live, uh, the way the city is governed, infrastructure, transport, you know, things like that. uh, and that that talk that he gave um is is a kind of an evolution of what he talks about on the podcast here a, a month or so ago um he also wrote it all up in a medium post which i think people should go and read if they haven't done so already um and we, we can put that in the show notes too um and uh but I, we also live streamed that talk over on facebook as well so people can go and go back and look at our facebook page and and watch that talk in ropey quality but you, know, you get the sense of it um And once he'd explained that, um, the people that came were asked, um, we asked them a number of different questions. So at the heart of the digital coalition plan is the, is the domain model. So, so the, all of the areas in which, um, we want to, you know, the city wants, needs to develop, um, its digital capability. And that domain model consists of seven major domains, and each of those domains has subdomains within it. And we asked people to look at that domain model and to and to tell us information about some aspects of it. Uh, and so the questions we asked were: um, If you would like to be involved in this and participate in this, um, which domains are you most interested in? Which domains do you want to be, uh, you know, a member of the Digital Coalition in, if you like? Um, and secondly do you if you know someone who you think should be part of this or an organization that should be part of this in a particular domain or subdomain, could you let us know who they are and also that you've that you've put them forward for it um thirdly, if you've got a question about this domain model like if you don't understand what a particular domain is or subdomain means or if you think there's something missing or you know you want to understand what what's exactly do we mean about you know this particular area um you ask the question um write it on a post-it note and, and ask the question associated with that domain. Um, and if you, you know, the, we want to we want to establish kind of um, published challenges in each of these domain areas. So the, the key questions, issues, challenges that face the development of these areas. So if you have a challenge question for a particular domain, can you articulate it? Um, and everyone got really stuck into that. I mean, you were there, Mel. What was mm. your impression of the of the buzz in the room around it.
1: It was excellent. There was loads of conversation. There were lots of people kind of working alongside people that they hadn't met before as well, which I think was really valuable. Mm. And um, loads of stuff got captured and we ended up with sheets of paper all over the floor. There was covered a lot of paper. With, with post-it <laughs> notes. Yeah. And the thing for me, which is always the sign of a good event, is that even when the event is officially over, People are still standing around, still having conversations, mm. and you just get the sense that you've kicked off something that's going to have some life to it. Yeah. So um, I, I thought it was good. I thought it was – some of it was a little bit up in the air because we're only just starting to yeah. talk about this. So there was a lot of, well, what do we really mean? And, you know, some uncertainty. But I think that's a good thing because you want to get people on board right at the beginning so they can help shape it.
2: Yes, yeah. And a lot of it is about alignment. A lot of, you know, the, the, really it's about, and I think Mark talked about this in the presentation he gave, it's about setting the direction. Um, it's not about controlling or it's not about, you know, um, the council, especially, um, feeling like they are responsible for these areas. Um, but it's about setting the direction of travel, the vision and, a um, a methodology, if you like, a process for people to engage with. um, to me, I think the most important thing is that it surfaces information. Um, you know, the, the more that we know and the more accessible information is about what's going on in these areas, what initiatives there are, what's proposed, who's working in them, the easier it is for different, for other people and other businesses, organizations, initiatives to get involved in them. Um, and the easier it is for people who are working on, you know, major initiatives in one area to see where there's overlap into other areas. And that, that's really for me where hopefully the value will be in the, in this whole process. Um, so we, so we ended up um, with, with an absolute ton of information. We've got, a, we, you know, we had a lot of post-it notes. Um, and, um, and so Mark and his team have spent this week, um, putting all of that into a spreadsheet basically so it's all been transcribed and then figuring out what was meant by a lot of the a lot of the notes so is a note um a challenge question is it a question about the domain you know what of those sort of what kinds of question are there um and we're we're con- we're going to continue to go through that and kind of um Formalize that essentially. So, so answer the questions, um, respond to, you know, record the challenges, um, and start to populate the lists of people who are, want to be involved in the coalition. Um, we, we talked about this. We met on, on Wednesday to kind of talk about the next steps and to, to look at the, the, the responses that we've got. Um, and I think there was, there's a few things that we wanted to do. We we, we want to share the raw data. So we're going to figure out how to publish the, the raw information. So scans of the actual sheets um, and the transcriptions into the spreadsheet. We're going to try and share those next week. Um, but then we also want to, um, you know, want to refine that information into, into things that we going to we can share as well. So we might make changes to the domain model and share that. We, we want, we want to have an FAQ that responds to the questions that people posed about it. Um, and we want to start to compile a list of, of challenge questions in each of those domain areas. And that's, that's all essentially in preparation for bringing the coalition together in November around the digital conference. So that's, that's kind of the next step, if you like, or the next major milestone is the digital conference in November, which, um, which we are starting to work on in earnest next week. Um, and then, you know, we, we have a date for it. It's, it's not absolutely confirmed hundred percent, but people should, um, pencil in November the 15th, the afternoon of Wednesday, November the 15th, because that's most likely when it's going to be. And it's most likely going to be at the electric works. And it's probably going, going to consist of, um, sort of stand up talks, um, from people involved in the domains in the d- in the domain model, so what 's going on in health and well being in digital health and well being what 's going on in digital infrastructure what 's going on in digital education and skills what 's going on in digital economy et cetera um, and try and get as many of those of those domains covered as we can as we can program and then the rest of the afternoon we want to have um, kind of open workshops um, so there'll be there 'll be a workshop space for each of the major domains um that we'll make available and people who are interested or involved in those areas can um can pick topics to talk about um and invite people in to have those conversations and so there'll be you know two two and a half hours after the after the main bit of the conference will be that will be an unconference around those domain areas essentially.
0: And so who is this for? When you when we talk about the conference, what type of person? Is it some does it need to be the people who run digital agencies or can it be just your average Average kind of uh, well, digital worker, my good self.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I think there I mean, there are a lot of people who who work in in digital businesses who have a very strong inter- interest in a particular area. We, you know, there's loads of there's loads of parents I know who work in tech who are very very interested in in digital skills and education. Um, there's you know, there's people. There's lots of people I know that who don't necessarily work for a digital networking or infrastructure company that are very you know keenly interested in in uh, data infrastructures uh, you know connectivity so so it's really it's not you know it's not domain specific you know we we you know there there are a lot of people that we want to invite because they are you know, they are key people in those areas in the city. And the digital coalition is pr- kind of predicated on the people that are shaping policy around those areas. So it's kind of like the coalition of digital leaders in, in, in each, in those areas. Um, but, you know, leadership can come from a lot of, from a lot of different places and it can come from the community. Um, so, so it, it you know, we really do want it to be an open process.
1: I think one of the things I would add in is that this is not just for talking. The whole um, idea and the whole momentum behind getting this digital coalition together is to get people aligned with things that need doing and for them to find ways that they can do stuff. So it won't be the case that we'll be saying, if you show up at the conference, you're going to suddenly find yourself loaded with a load of work that we expect you to do in your free time, ha, ha. That's not the case at all. But what we do want is people who really care about improving the various areas, the different domains of just making Sheffield a better place through the power of digital, if I can be that marketing about it. People who really care about that, and who are prepared to put in some brain power to actively engage in the conference and to help The groups they're working in to pick some low hanging fruit and say, okay, if we could make this one thing happen, we think that would have an impact. How do we make that thing happen? Mm -hmm. So the idea is to, to just get us moving forward as a city in a lot of different areas and to give people the opportunity to do stuff that they feel they can do, that they've got the time for, that they've got the contacts for, that they've got the energy for or the interest for so that everyone can get a little bit involved. It's, it's not the case where. We can stand around and talk about this stuff and then turn around and expect someone else to make it happen. We need to make this stuff happen for ourselves. Getting together to talk about it and figure out what needs doing is the first step.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, we're expecting that... To be, you know, a lot of institutions that are already bought into doing this stuff. I mean, there is already a lot of stuff going on. I think a lot of the stuff that is going on isn't as joined up as it could be, and it's not as well known as it could be. Um, so I guess the hope is that the combination of those two things, um, an ability to surface what's going on, and a community of people who are interested and engaged and can bring more resources and expertise to bear, um, will bear fruit. Um, it's probably going to take a, you know, it's going to be a, a long process, but um, I think it's a very good start.
0: Um, So Mel, uh, Sheffield Hallam, I've got some uh, interesting positions available or becoming available soon.
1: Yes, this is hot off the press. Um, Bob Drake, who works at Sheffield Hallam in the ACES department, has got in touch to say that they are looking to recruit associate lecturers, associate lecturers, I can say that, um, to help teach on their courses. Uh, The hours are determined by the individual and their circumstances. So Bob says, we have some associate lecturers that teach for an hour a week through to others that have almost a full timetable. It all depends on their availability and the topics they can teach. So at this stage, he would like to gauge interest from the Sheffield digital community if there are people out there who are software engineers, software programmers, network engineers, or cybersecurity specialists who would be interested in exploring the idea of doing some associate lecturing at hallam
0: and is it specifically those roles or is it roles those roles and stuff a bit like it or is it quite is it so those,
1: those those are the specific ones that bob's mentioned to me um so i'm sure bob will be interested in meeting people who've got expertise in other areas so even if he doesn't need them now he might need them in the future. Um, He says that the role can be scheduled around your existing job and it's a fantastic opportunity to teach and learn in an academic environment. So we will put Bob's email address in the show notes and um, I'll also be putting stuff up on Slack as well if you want to get in touch with Bob and find out more about that.
0: Marvellous. Speaking of Slack, um, we have a question which was put on Slack, hence me. Going for the link. Um, awesome, so great. Thanks. <laughs> um, and uh, it's from um, Cam, Cam again from Paper. Uh, Cam Spielman. he He's our official question asker. I think now he's done it twice. Um, he's asking about the Channel Four bid um, and uh, what's happening with it. Um, and and also, is there anything that's um, people in the digital sector can do to help?
1: Hello, Cam. Thank you for your question. <laughs> um that's quite spooky because I actually was asking the exact same question when I was at Creative Sheffield earlier this week because it was Creative Sheffield who led the bid just to give everyone a bit of background when we found out that the bid was happening we that's sheffield digital got in touch with creative sheffield and said how can we help and we went in and had a long chat with them gave them a lot of background information gave them some contacts with um for example some agencies in the city who already do work with channel 4 who Mm -hmm. might be able to offer insight Mm -hmm. and i know that um one agency in particular did some work to help them shape the bid and put some video content together and and that kind of thing um that's all I know. And that's also all the lady I met at Creative Sheffield knew as well. So she promised me that she would go away and talk to the people who've been involved in pulling the bid together to find out what is happening, if anything, and if there is anything more that we can do to help. I don't even know what the time frame is. So I don't know if the bids are all done and dusted now. I don't know when the decision is supposed to happen or anything like that.
2: No, I, I yeah, I don't know what the, Timetable is. I think the bid is in. Mm-hmm. Um, I did read a couple of weeks ago that it was v- very unlikely that Sheffield was going to be chosen. And it's, Bummer. It's going. It's. I think it's going to Birmingham, which we were all, who were always the favourite.
1: So I'm depressed now. Thanks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> I mean that may not be true, um, th- but there's also talk about um, Channel Four, different bits of Channel Four going to different places. So I think there's a, still a lot of talks going on in London about mm. how it's going to work and be split up. Um, but I mean, also, I, w- I was I was speaking at an r- event at the Chamber on Wednesday, and um, I kind of made the point there that the significance of the Channel Four bid isn't isn't really so much that we get it. Um, but that we were able to submit um, a serious bid. Um, you know, it's always it's, you know it's, it's always risky putting bids in like like this, and you know there was always a likelihood that we weren't going to get it. Um, but there's you know possibility that we could get it. You know, and as I said on Wednesday, you know, in order to be a dark horse, you do have to be a horse. Um, and is, th- is that is that Plato? <laughs> Uh, Forsyth Zeno, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's me actually. I think it's quite good. <laughs> it was good.
1: <laughs> you heard it yeah. your first, folks.
2: Well, you know, it, we, we we were we were able to pull together information relatively quickly um to show that we have some credentials in this area. And I think a few years ago it would have been much harder to pull that information together and the information wouldn't be as compelling mm. as it is. So you know
1: that said consolation if you if you want to get on social media and tweet at channel four and say we don't care come to sheffield anyway even if it's just
0: we are a horse
1: yes we are a horse dark or otherwise but not yet a unicorn
0: uh fantastic well uh fingers crossed eh (laughs) you never know
2: (laughs) yeah well what i say is going you know that that was actually published in in the in the Star, I think, so...
1: Oh, it must be true.
2: Yeah, just saying.
0: Okay, so we have uh, some uh, events. This is our official events section. So, um, uh, as we record, last night, this week, it was the first Riverside Games Night, which is a new night for, or event for, Sheffield's gamers and game developers and students. Uh, um and that's run by sumo digital we had a blog post about this on our website i'll put a link to that in the show notes mm-hmm. um uh, do you know how it went did, did we have we had any feedback none of it we weren't able to go were we
2: no no unfortunately we were all busy um but i, I did i did ask um rebecca on twitter if it went well and she liked it liked it i think so i'm gonna, I think that's, that's i'm gonna assume that she was you know maybe too drunk to uh, <laughs> to comment properly but
0: um so there isn't i don't think there's a date for the next one yet but it looks like it could be i think i know that there were lots of people went or or had got tickets it seemed like it was going to be uh quite a popular thing so hopefully that will continue yeah um there is a new meetup series experts talks i think that we mentioned this in the last episode um and that's on october the 3rd um you that that may be in the past when you listen to this but, but hopefully not we'll see um but uh, that's going to happen. Do we? What, did, what do we know about that?
2: Uh, so it's 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 a um, it's like a professionals talks thing. So I think it's on continual delivery. This one. Um, so people who build web software. Um, it's for them. Okay. <laughs> I think I don't Fair know much. much about it.
1: Sounds fascinating. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, okay, and then uh, on the tenth of October. Google News, news gathering and digital storytelling. I thought this. I thought this looked really good. It looked mm. like a really interesting. Uh, yeah.
2: Event. yeah. Yeah. So they've got Matt Cook from Google News Labs up at the Google Garage talking about digital journalism and using digital tools to do journalism.
1: Yeah, it does look excellent. I'm really gutted. I can't get to it actually.
0: Um, yeah, it does look great. I was. I was going to see if I could. I think I'm unavailable too. But never mind. It does. Uh, it does look good. Uh, so check that one out too. Uh, we have the. Uh, this looks hard to say. Creative industries clusters program briefing in Manchester on October the thirteenth. Yeah, do you know about this?
1: Mm, not really. No. no. Should I?
2: Well, um, I, I think there's. I think there's eighty million quid's worth of support for the creative industries that's being made available in this program, which starts right. next year. Right, and I have seen there's that there's a stuff. briefing, there's briefing events all over the country and the the one for our area is, being, is in Manchester on Friday the 13th, of yeah. course. Uh, there's one in Birmingham, there's one in Newcastle, okay. Bristol. Well, I have been sent Glasgow. some
1: information about that so I will pass it to Ian, the master of all things content, so that he can make it available.
0: Yeah, marvellous. I think I have mentioned it on social media on the bits and pieces but we can do so again. Um... Uh, been at Sheffield, thirtieth of October, first November. We mentioned that last time. Mm-hmm. That's still happening. It's not been cancelled, <laughs> um, as far as I know. Um, same with the Horasis. 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 Yeah. I did that last time as well, didn't I? I'll just <laughs> I'll just edit this bit from last <laughs> from last <laughs> episode. Put it in. Uh, Harassis China meeting on the fifth of November. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Maid Festival, which is on the ninth of November. Yeah. Yeah, and the Sheffield
2: Digital Conference on the fifteenth. Indeed,
0: we always like to say a big thank you and a and a big up indeed to uh, our new members. Um, and since we last recorded, we have had uh, a new company member. That's Blonde Bear Social. Thank you so much to them for uh, becoming our latest company member. And we have some individual memberships. We have um, Craig Pickles, Sarah Smith, and Will Hyons. I should really contact these people, don't I? These wonderful, lovely people. to just check that I pronounce I feel guilty for pronouncing people's names wrong all the time. Um so thank you to those uh those of you who have uh, signed up and you can find out more about becoming a Sheffield Digital member on the website, Sheffield.digital slash memberships. Um and we need to give a, a plug to our sponsors too. Uh that's uh Shorts, uh, North Coders and um and and maybe others in the near future.
1: Yes, I have a couple more to announce next week which I'm really pleased about.
0: If you want to subscribe to the Sheffield Digital podcast and of course you should, then um you can find out how to do that um uh, uh, again on the website, go to sheffield.digital/podcast. Uh you can subscribe in iTunes or whichever particular app that you uh, that you use um on your phone, etc um and uh if you have any questions or feedback just uh just let us know we are very happy to receive it you can do so directly in the slack channel on the the, well the podcast channel on in the slack community um if you're uh if you're on there and i think that's it yay thanks for listening
2: Bye. bye